Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina Colada, large one. Yes, back in your life, football played on paper podcast. Um, we've got a full panel here today, boys. No one suspended, which is good to see. Um, and a stacked show. The Prem is back, so we're going to dive into that. We've got some weekly happenings, which is nice. Throwback FC, the game. Um, we've got a multi at the end, and then we're into socials. But uh might start with the uh, the birthday boy today. Barn, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I've got the best kit in the world on and feeling great. For, for the, obviously, um, all listening for those listening, um, Barney's got a shirt on where he looks like he's vomited down the front of himself, aka the Spurs third strip. <laughs> is that what it is or a training strip? I think that it's actually their away that. kit. It's not even third strip, it's oh, their away kit. Jeez, that's bad. They haven't released the third one yet. I can't imagine what it might be. That's the second kit. Yeah, it's the away strip. <laughs> oh, that good. Speaking of vomit, George, <laughs> you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good. I, Marty, I thought that Tottenham shirt was like Jeff Bezos's view of um, Tottenham Stadium when he was up there. But, yeah, you see, add, add a cowboy hat to it. And <laughs> you do, you do have your uh, your watch over over your jacket too. Which is just, <laughs> just a cool dude, aren't you? Oh, and uh, speaking of bad strips, um, Halsey, what have you got to say about that? Was it Liverpool third strip or the away strip? That yellow number. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take fries with that one. Um, <laughs> McDonald's away <laughs> strip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it, sure. It's actually somehow not worse than the Tottenham one still, but it's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just this this year in particular, I feel as though there's been just some like the away strips or the third strips. From a lot of teams have just been terrible. So, funnily, um, funnily enough, though, like both the Tottenham and Liverpool kits still aren't worse than the Puma ones. Yeah, yeah exactly. True. <laughs> the training Puma kits that are now playing kits. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, as I said, we've got a stack show, Barn, so we might as well crack in with the uh, weekly happenings. All right, let's start off with Neymar. And uh, it's coming out just recently that uh, he has apparently cost PSG so far 489.2 million euros in transfer fee and, uh, and wages, um, with his annual wage currently at 43.3 million euros, and it's going to rise to 50, just over 50 million uh, next year. So in that same period of time, he's played 71 of a possible 156 League One games in that time, which is about 45%. So my question to you guys is, has he been worth it for PSG? You've got got to say no, don't you? I think if you're looking at um, like goals and assists and obviously games played, there's just no way that he can be worth that amount of money. Um, But I think if you're looking at... PSG's like long-term vision, what they're trying to do, that's their essentially Rubinho signing. So remember when Man City got all that money and they bought Rubinho? That's essentially their first like marker in, in the ground um, to say, look, we're good enough to to buy this or big enough to buy this type of player and attract this type of player and, you know, this is how it's going to be moving forward. And like Because they don't have like the history and the prestige of some of these um, older, bigger, traditional European clubs. They're just trying to like expedite that and buy it and get it happening faster. So... I don't know. If you're looking at goals and assists, probably not. But if you're looking at the overall picture, PSG probably say, yeah, he, he is worth it. I, I definitely think he was worth it. I think all those intangibles you spoke about there, I think it's, it's like not a fair comparison as to like you're not taking in what was going on around the club at the time as well. Because like that signing of Neymar, that really put PSG 
on the map. And like without Neymar, you probably don't get Messi. Like you know, you don't get all the others because they they picked up effectively. Probably at the time was the third best player in world football. If you're sort of into that way of ranking, um, I definitely think he was worth it. Yeah, I think uh, another thing to consider perhaps too is like um, shirt sales, things like that. Not uh, not necessarily intangibles, but those off the field things that uh, a player like Neymar brings. And like you said, though, Sean, it's sort of like the the start of their like their their dynasty in quotation marks, I guess. Um, so yeah, I I'm on the fence on whether he's worth it, but uh, yeah. Is he is he getting a statue barn at the end of his uh, time at PSG? Uh, no, I don't no. think so. I I think from a footballing perspective, he hasn't he hasn't really raised them that like much at all. But from no. like a marketability and like club like world renowned kind of sense, I think he has definitely um, definitely raised them up for sure. Like you, you, all you right, wonder things to touch on. Yeah, you wonder if like him going there has um, made it easier for say um, Mbappe when he went there, like Messi when he went there. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's not there, does yeah. Mbappe go there? Like and him, yeah, him individually though, I don't think he's 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 um, raised them that much. But like yeah, like he's a hundred percent. Like he probably brings draws in those better players as well, which then makes yeah. the team better. No, for sure. Sounds like we all agree there. Definitely. All righty, next one we want to touch on here is uh, FIFA's gone and done it again. Just when in a you know in a in a world where the Super League is still somewhat present, you think FIFA couldn't possibly stuff it up, and they've gone out and announced that they want to move the World Cup to every two years. Um, this is being spearheaded by Arsene Wenger, everyone's best mate, who's now the chief of global football development at FIFA. Uh, Jabba, what do you what do you think this does for the World Cup? Good move, bad move? Uh, I think I think all these things are undermined by the, the same thing. Like the messaging's the same. Like the Super League and now this changing the World Cup two years. It's all greed, isn't it? They all just want a bigger piece of the pie. Um, so 90% of FIFA's revenue comes from the World Cup. So the only reason that wow. they're looking to push that more is just they want more money. And it's not as though like they've got a reputation for handling money poorly or doing things incorrectly. So, <laughs> like, it's a stand-up. I, I really don't like it. And I feel like um, it's another circumstance, again, where a 70-year-old white man is telling us what young people want. Yeah, <laughs> and who aren't benefiting from the money that will come from it anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had so much respect for Arsene Wenger because, obviously, he was like, he seemed to be like a football guy who was a real purist, and there was like a, yep. there was there was a kind of beauty attached to what he said about the game yep. and what he thought about the game. And now he's just a marketing tool. And I thought he would be the last person to sell out, and it's really sad to see. So, so Barn, sorry, I just want to jump in there too. Uh, like, Job, you said that about Wenger, and that happened with um, Platini as well. Like, you watch you watch his yeah. old games, and like he just to be um, like you know something. Like pure football fans really loved and, and looked up to just the way he went about it and way he played football. As soon as he went to an executive, he just turned straight into a suit straight away. Like he wasn't yeah. championing any pure football ideas. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree. And like it's already been like ridiculed by a lot of clubs have come out, a lot of owners of clubs have come out. Um, and I think Gareth Bale probably summed it up best when he said uh, if they move to this two-year model, it's really going to take away that special feeling of the World Cup. And he's, he compared it to yeah. like the Olympics, right? Like the Olympics is the same. It's like you sort of yearn for it. And then once it hits that four years, you're like, oh, it's really good that it actually is every four years because it's so special when it comes around and it just creates an aura around the, the tournament. Um, and a lot of those a lot of those owners and um, organizations have come out and sort of been really annoyed that FIFA haven't consulted with them at all 
um, the players, managers, owners, whatever. None, no one's been consulted on this at all. They've just come out and said, this is what we want to do. And now they're you know, receiving all the backlash. It's like very Super League-esque. They didn't consult with anyone. They just said, this is what we're doing. And now they're copping all the backlash from it. These organizations have so much money, um, like so many people around them, like so many consultants. Surely someone in this meeting was like, hey, should we put out like a like a white paper on this or like should we reach out like offline before we announce something and, and see what people think of this? Should we do like a straw poll? Should we do like a um, any type of like, um, you know, market research into this is what the market wants? And everyone's like, nah, just launch it. Just just launch, just announce it. Say, say we're doing it. But I feel like they're like you'd get someone in there to go, okay, like our goal isn't to be like, oh, how can we communicate better with the other organizations? Like, how can <laughs> sure. we work better with UEFA? It's like, how can we make more money? Because we lost so much through the previous bribes. Like we need to need to get some of that back. We need to get Gian Infantino some <laughs> cash in his wallet. Like I really hate it. And I feel like even though people are like, you know, we're getting news more than ever, the fact that we do have to wait for the World Cup makes it better. And granted, there's exactly. some, like yeah. there are some shit international games like the last week like i watched um gibraltar and norway for a bit there and i was like my god this is painful but (laughs) like but but like there's shit league games as well but you can't just do away with them like i don't i don't want to see them gone like they 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 have a place in the football ecosystem yeah i think so is it so it seems like it's just a big middle finger to like uefa and the euros and the olympics the olympics (laughs) are on that off year too aren't they the yeah, 2020 is the Olympic year usually. and then Yeah, Euros and Olympics usually line up. The World Cup yep. and Commonwealth yeah. line up, don't they? Yeah. So, so it's going to be it's too much. They're going to have the Euros and the World Cup in the same year. So, I mean, and it's nice to see um, especially European teams or um, like just go through that cycle, right, where, you know, you, you might peak at a World Cup and then you might be at the end of the cycle and, and they might not be as competitive or, you know, they might still be at the top of their like, um, their trophy window, for example, or that that golden generation might still be around, so they can get a chance to do the double, like Spain Spain did, for example. Um, but if it's if it's every two years, like if you win the World Cup, ch- like chances are you're going to go and win the Euros, right? Unless your team falls apart or you've got injuries, or if you're fit like enough, that. yeah. That that's the if thing. It's the same like, year, well, they'd have to because when were, when were the Euros? They were they're early enough in the year, aren't they? When's the World Cup usually though? That's well, usually June, early June, in every, the year. Both June, July. June. Yeah. Well, so yeah. how do they, how do they that, make the play? That's all right. We'll just, oh. we'll just have all the World Cups it, 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 in, it, it, in Qatar. They'll have to put them in odd. <laughs> they'll have to change the years for the World Cup. So it'll be like, say, um, yeah, Euros oh, yeah. was 2020. Then the World Cup would then be like 2021. And then we'd go every second year after that. Jesus. Yeah. Does it, and then does on it top feel of that, really American to anyone else as well? Oh, yeah. Of course. Like, it, I feel like that's the driver where you like, you want to crack the US market. I'm like, just leave it. I'd... Don't yeah. want a part of it. And Every, then, yeah. Should we start calling the Premier League winner the World Champions as well? I thought they already were. No, that's the winner of the MLS. Or that you know that, that weird one, the CONCACAF one between Mexico and US every year? That's the, the gold matches, cup because nothing is worth more than gold. And the player who is the best is the king of the match because being the man of the match just wasn't enough. Yeah, makes sense. MVP. Budweiser, the king of the match. All right, let's move on to some, uh, some more controversy here. Thanks. And... Uh, so last last week we had the uh, Brazil versus Argentina match being hosted in Brazil. Um, you know, it looked like a, it was going to be a really good game on paper. You know, a good rivalry there. World Cup qualifier, some stuff on the line. Should be a good match. In steps the Brazilian health authorities. Seventh minute of the game. They're not happy. Argentina players haven't been quarantining 
and the game is then spo- uh, uh, stopped and then is suspended um, because the Brazilian health authorities were not happy that uh, Romero, Lo Celso, uh, Martinez and Buendia were not, quar- were not quarantining as apparently they had requested uh, and three of those players were actually starting the game. Um, so I guess what, what do we think of this? Was this one of the most ridiculous things we've seen recently, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. But I just had a, I haven't been fully across this, so I just had a quick question. What like minute was the game stopped? Seventh minute. So so seven minutes. So were there no like no due diligence or checks before the game? Like, so there was there was no opportunity before they set foot on the pitch for the health authorities to talk. Yeah. None at all. That, None of the three the three days prior to that. Straight off no, the plane onto yeah, the field. Actually off landed the on the field. <laughs> I think it, there was a little bit of um little bit of showboating here from the Brazilian health authorities, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but but all the better. Like it's it's really put the game on the map. Um, but like, it, it just seems it. crazy that those footballers could think that they could like tick that box that says, have you been in the UK and just not tick it and then be but, like, oh, there's no way I know find out. Like, <laughs> But as if, as if they're doing it, like as if they don't have their agent or their manager with them to, to do that, like there's no way that I don't fill out my card. My girl does it. So like, there's just no way that... Um, but like they got people for that. There's, yeah, there's someone, no someone in the Argentina fitting filling in their passport number. Just, yeah, someone someone in that. that in that Argentine 100%. organization is doing it for them. They're not 100%. they're not doing it. And the, yeah, the audacity to think they could be like, we you guys play in the literally the most popular league and most televised league in the world, but we'll sneak you in like you haven't been in England. Was, yeah. yeah. But I'm but not sure. The- I'm not sure they snuck them in. They they just would have like done the paperwork or, or not done the paperwork correctly, and then they just ended up there. I don't think they're they thinking that like, gee, no one's going to watch this Brazil Argentina game. We'll sneak in. <laughs> like, and then yeah. I, I just like the idea that the authorities are just like sitting there on their couch. And you know that Leonardo DiCaprio um, meme from Once Upon a Time. Yeah, the I know the exact one. He's like, pointing <laughs> like, that. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he, he shouldn't be there. He should be in quarantine. And then and then that's why <laughs> the they look like, yeah. Quick, that was, that was, Uber. I want to that was Bolsonaro ground. watching the game. He's yeah. just like, hey, hey, straight on the blower. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's been a, a fair bit of fallout from it. It's sort of either side's blaming each other. You know, Brazil's blaming the Argentinians, obviously, and then the Argentinians are saying, well, you had all this time to tell us, why didn't you? Um, it's sort of going back and forth, back and forth. But the four players who were involved in this, so uh, those guys, they've all left the country now and they're all actually in Croatia quarantining now because they have to quarantine for 10 days before they can come back to the UK. So they'll be out for this weekend's games. Um, and uh, some more sort of fallout that's happened from this is the Brazilian FA then requested FIFA to ban the um, Brazilian players who weren't released by their clubs for five days. So these weren't players who were in at that game. These were players who previously before that hadn't been released by their clubs to go to the game. So that was... Um, Man City, uh, Man United, Liverpool, and Leeds had released these players, and they're all now currently banned for five days, which means they'll miss this weekend's games. So, what are, what are our thoughts on this? Is this just as ridiculous? I'm buzzing. Fred's banned. Yeah, you would it's be, God. mate. <laughs> Godsend for United. Yeah, yeah. it's Godsend. Um, no, I, I don't know. I feel like again, it's just a like it just feels like a power struggle where they're trying to FIFA's trying to be the boss, yeah. but they're not really. Um, I, I don't know that because that rule I feel like is not in place for these circumstances. Like, but it's just like being mm. retrospectively applied. Like that's there to protect like Australia when it needs its players because they're like you're not flying to Australia um, to go and play. But they've just like applied it to this COVID situation, 
Um, like I suppose I'm I'm okay with them enforcing it because it is there. This isn't the, the the normal circumstance, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think it's a bit silly, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think for the teams that are losing the players, it's like it'll affect them. I think, say for example, Leeds and Liverpool losing players, Liverpool losing three like starters, Leeds losing one of their best playmakers, evens it up a little bit. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to have too much of an impact. It's sort of like petty almost. I don't know what you guys... I, I, I just think it's like in this COVID world we live in, it's like you sort of got to understand where the clubs are coming from now. Like clubs have always been a bit annoyed by releasing players for international breaks. You know, and Klopp's probably been one of the most vocal people about that, being like really, yeah. especially, you know, Cup of Nations. But that's like a tournament and that's going on. And that's before, you know, you're meant to quarantine when you come back in. Now that you've got a quarantine, so you're basically saying, yep, you're agreeing to have this break and then lose those players for potentially up maybe two matches, definitely one, but maybe two. It's like you've got to understand why these clubs don't want to let their players go. 100%. And like, yeah. and you've got to then be like, okay, well, you know, we'll adjust now and we'll work towards, yeah, it's the first international break that has happened and, and they're straight away banning them. Like it, yeah. seems, it seems a bit over the top for me. African yeah, Cup of Nations is going to be like an absolute mess. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hey, chaos. Job, do you reckon... Sometimes a Liverpool. Yeah, do you reckon this bodes well for um, Donny? Does he get a start? Still no? He might make I, the bench. I saw actually a hilarious meme today, which is Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer with his arm around Donny saying, um, great training this week, but Phil Jones is going to start. <laughs> DM. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, good, good luck. Does, doesn't help Donny's chances was, at all, I don't think. I thought I saw a petition to to like going around. Was that you that shared it in the group chat or something? It didn't the petition? Work. Yeah, normally. No, normal got about six hundred signatures. I can't believe Ch- they didn't make change. a splash. Change.org. Yeah. yeah, go find it. All right. Let's get cracking into the games this week. There's some good ones coming up. We'll start off with Crystal Palace versus Tottenham. What a game. <laughs> one I'm very excited for, obviously. I'll be wearing my uh my number one kit as well during that match. So yeah, this is an interesting one. I think it's um, like, it should be pretty straightforward for Tottenham, but we're bringing back a lot of injuries from the international games. So Sun, Skip and Bergwijn are all injured. Uh, obviously the Celso and Romero aren't available. Um, and Ryan Sessegnon's also injured, I believe. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned at what could happen in this game. It could end up being, being bad for us. Barney, can you stop being so self-deprecating, please? So Tottenham are top of the league right now um, in the best place they've been in some time. Nuno's weaving his magic, and Crystal Palace still haven't won a game. Is I this just, the first I, time you've met a Spurs fan? I just, <laughs> I just can't see how they – I can't like, – He's wary. Yeah, I'm, I am – you are very wary, but I'm like, I just can't see how Spurs can't win this the, game. The only, the only thing that uh, fills me with confidence is that even though Crystal Palace got a draw and scored two goals last, last match, they still looked very poor. They still they really looked poor. And we've got Harry Kane still up front. So I think we should squeak across the line, but it'll be a close one, I reckon. Maybe a 2-1. What, <laughs> how do you boys see it? Yeah, no, I, I see quite a comfortable win for Spurs here. Regardless of like injuries and, and player suspensions and that, I think you guys have got, the, the I wouldn't say like a super deep squad, but it's still deep enough, better than Crystal Palace deep. So I think as long as you don't botch it up too much, as long as Dyer doesn't put too many in the back of his own net, I reckon you guys will get win by a couple. Did you boys not see Harry Kane strike wow. against Poland? The one where he snapped his ankle almost? Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's going up against – he's done that against Poland. He's up against Crystal Palace this week. He'll score three. Easy. 
yeah, no, prob- not, probably. Not how, not how I'm seeing it. Short, are you seeing it the same way? Yeah, no, I think Spurs will be comfortable. I think they'll they'll stay on top of the table. I think they'll win 3-1. I think um, Palace haven't been great early on. Um, I think the international break coming a good time for Palace and, and probably not so much Spurs, to be honest. So um, that's one thing in their favour. But, yeah, I think Spurs will just have too much quality. And um, I think the uh, the manager with the perfectly spherical head is going to be in even more trouble. <laughs> Uh, last stat on this one, boys. So Crystal Palace are winless in their last 12 Premier League meetings with Spurs. That's right, 12. Jeez, yep, that's, uh, that's a good that's one. Good for them. You feeling confident then? 3-1 three, three Spurs, got to be. Yep. Yeah, I'm exact same scoreline as Sean. Alrighty. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Watford versus Wolves. Um, for me, I'm seeing this as the game where Wolves finally click. Adama's going to hum a few in. What do you reckon, Shauno? Yeah, like this is probably one to miss. Um, if I if I'm honest, if I'm looking at the smorgasbord of fixtures coming up, but yeah, I think I'll probably agree with you. I think Wolves will probably have too much, but um, I'd probably say that for every team that Watford go up against, um, and I don't see Adame scoring. Um, so yeah, his form will continue. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. I'll probably give this one a miss at that midnight slot while there's some other tasty fixtures fixtures on. Uh, but I see Wolves, yeah, winning by a couple again here. I don't know if it's the one where Adama clicks, but I think the rest of Wolves can click around him at least. <laughs> He'll also be there. I'm tired of you boys and your hatred. So um, obviously I'm going to be watching Brentford Brighton at this time. But uh, what what for Wolves? I think Wolves are gonna. Do well here and they will beat him. And this is the week that Adama breaks his duck and you can take that from me as gospel. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. This is this is where it all clicks for Wolves and that includes Adama. If he can't score against uh, Watford, he won't score all season. So, yeah. Yeah, that's another hot tip. <laughs> no, maybe maybe Arsenal. Maybe Arsenal. But or anyway, Palace. let's move on to uh, Brentford Brighton. Uh, as Job already touched on, we'll just get some quick results in here. Um, Josh, what do you what do you see happening here? Uh, I'm going to go. Bright, uh, sorry, Brentford here. I was a little bit more hopeful on Brighton at the start of the season, but watching their first couple of games, they just haven't clicked. So Brentford by one, both teams to score. Yeah, nice. Joba, uh, I think I'm more impressed with Brighton thus far. Um, I think they got caught out in their last fixture, but yeah, I think they're going to have too much for Brentford. Uh, Brentford will be well organised and well drilled, but I think Brighton will win this one one nil. Sure, no. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards Brighton as well. One of their biggest problems last year was um, goals. Um, but I feel as though that uh, at least at the start of this year, they've looked a little bit more promising in, in that space. I think they'll have too much for Brentford. Brentford will make it a tough game for them at home, but I'm going to say Brighton just. Yeah, I think I think Brentford might get out of the line with this one at home in that nice new stadium. Um, more pay will be back for Brighton, I believe, which is good for them, but I still don't think it'll be enough to to uh, get over Brighton. All right, let's move on to probably what is the tastiest fixture of the week for me, just because I can't wait to see how shit the football will be, and that is Arsenal versus Norwich. Chorno, what, what what have you got for us? Uh, goals in this game. Yeah, that's um, what I believe I as well. I think there's going to be goals. <laughs> um, so despite um, Tim Krull keeping uh, two clean sheets in his first two Premier League appearances against Arsenal, he has then gone on to concede in the last eight fixtures against the Gunners. Um, wow. So I suppose that's good news um, for the neutrals because you're going to see Arsenal score. But 
Of course, Arsenal have a very, very leaky defense. So there's going to be goals going the other way. So I think, yeah, there's going to be goals in this. But I think Arsenal might get their first win. I think they might get off the bottom of the table and they should be able to turn it around. If we're talking about good times or good um, opportunities to have a break in terms of the international break, this coming at a very good time for Arsenal. Obviously, their poor run of form in the first three fixtures, um, no points, really hurt them. And I think they should be able to open their account against Norwich, especially at home. So, yeah, I'm going Arsenal, both teams to score. Yeah, I'm with, uh, I'm with Sean, both teams to score. I, I think it's going to be 3-2 to Arsenal. I would prefer to see it 3-2 to Norwich. That would be way more hilarious. But uh, regardless, I think the, the match in its entirety will just be hilarious. Um, there'll be zero defending from either team. Maybe a, probably a couple of own goals. Um, but I think Arsenal, with a dice roll, will, will somehow come out on top. So that leaves me uh, as the voice of reason here. So I'm just going to bring up some stats for you again. Pretty simple <laughs> one this time. Stats, you nerd. The table. <laughs> this is 19th <laughs> versus 20th. Arsenal have copped nine goals and scored none. Norwich have copped 10 and scored one. I don't know where you guys think that these goals are going to come from. Put them in their own nets, <laughs> yeah. mate. What do you mean? They're the most scorey teams between them. Yeah. Yeah. Against There's the been more. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. There's been more goals exactly. featuring I, I these get, teams than any other team. Yeah, I think um, I do think Aubameyang's going to score in this game just because he should be too good for Norwich. But because Arsenal are so shit right now and so low on confidence, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. I, th- I think Norwich are going to win this game and I think it's going to be so. really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah, watching this one, I think. <laughs> I, I, I reckon it's going to be a score draw, like one all, two all, I think, because, yeah, like we've all, all touched on. Is this a six-pointer already? Six-pointer. Nine-pointer. battle. Um, so, boys, quick question. I'm going to whip round. Um, what's lower, Arsenal's confidence or the hair follicle count on a Bamiyang jobber? Oh, jeez. I'm going to say Arsenal's confidence because like, with the modern surgery and stuff like that, you can get that back. You can't climb up the table. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go with uh, Arsenal's confidence because I would describe um, the hair situation on a Bamiyang as very high. Okay, I'm going um, a Bamiang's hair follicle count. So, um, Barney, you've got the deciding vote here. Well, the only thing that is lower than a Bamiang's hair follicle count is Arsenal's confidence. So, yeah, three one confidence. Uh, yeah. Arsenal's one out there, and their goal difference, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> all righty, let's move on to what ooh, is, actually would not I got usually one be it. real quick. Oh, one more. <laughs> and Man City's supporter count. Oh, right, get that on. one in there. Move on. <laughs> See you later, Man City fans. All righty. Uh, this one would not be as spicy as a fair as it would have been if it wasn't for big old C-run. It's Man United versus Newcastle. Ronaldo left Portugal camp early to get back in quarantine, so he's available for this match. Jobber, all I want to know is how many will Ronnie score and does he start? Newcastle are pretty bad. I don't think he starts. Sadly, no. really, um, yeah, I think he does. I think he, does. I, I he, does. he comes there's in no, and just demands. There's no way he, he comes starts. back early and and for not yeah. to start. Like if Ollie's like, oh, you know, we'll feed you back in, we'll get you some training sessions, and then he he wouldn't he wouldn't come back home early. Why is Ollie going back there to start? I, I, I was just <laughs> Ronaldo being like, oh, I'm not ready, so I'm gonna start on the bench. I I don't know. It's uh, you could see why he'd start him on the bench just because he's sort of come back into the squad, but it makes sense for him to start. I really hope he starts, and if he starts, he scores more than once too. Yeah. I see that. I think with the combination of Fred being out and Ronaldo in will be uh, make United just a bit too much for Newcastle. They'll bounce back from last week's result and I think Ronaldo gets a double if he starts. 
Yeah, see, I, I they think, win 2-0. I think Ronaldo starts. I think they batter Newcastle, um, and I think he, he fills his boots. I think he's got the best record. I think, yeah, scoring against Newcastle is his best record, I believe, um, in his obviously first stint um, at Manchester United. So, mm. yeah, I expect him, especially if he's come back early. He's not coming back early so he can get an extra session under his belt. He's coming back early to quarantine so he can play. So, yeah, he'll start, um, he'll score, Manchester United will win, take that to the bank. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Ronnie's going to fill his boots, he will start, and the vibes around United will be popping after this game. It'll be all, all good things again. We're going to hit five, aren't we? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Jobin, have you ordered your extra small uh, Ronaldo shirt yet? <laughs> yeah, I got the women's cut as well. Yeah, it's um, nice. good for your figure. <laughs> yeah, big at the back. Flat out the stomach. Um, yeah. No, look, I'm buzzing about this, but we've only lost one of 36 home games against Newcastle United too. So it really is a great fixture for him to come back to. And I, I really hope we fill our boots on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. But like a quick word on um, Mason Greenwood. So he's scored in the first three fixtures, um, opening fixtures this season. Done well up front. Um, and yeah, he comes comes back and he gets the chop suey and uh, yeah. Ronaldo goes straight back in. So how, how many Instagram followers Mason Greenwood got? <laughs> uh, he hasn't got big... he hasn't got the most in world football, mate. So don't, in the world, this is the yeah, this is the market we're in now. Um, oh. Ronaldo has more Instagram followers than the all Premier League teams added together. There you go. It's ridiculous, but he's going to replace in goals. I'm, <laughs> I seriously cannot express how excited I am for this, and that international break has given me the shits for two weeks, just waiting for this to happen. Like we've had to sit here and. Watch bloody Erling Haaland bang away 15, and all I want to see is the big man back in the red shirt. So, Jobbo, should we take what you said before about you watching Brentford Brighton at the same time as United Newcastle is just a straight-up lie? That is 100% a lie. <laughs> oh, so, so I can cover this game for you if you want to watch the Brentford Brighton game, Job. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Let's, let's move on to the next game here. We've got Southampton versus West Ham. We won't stay too long on this one. Um Job, how do you see this one tracking? Uh, hammers are flying. As long as Mikel Antonio, because I know he played for Jamaica. Um, so I don't know what the situation there with the... Judas. Quarantining is or something. <laughs> you should have picked him when you had the chance, Sean. Um, if, if anyone had listened to this podcast, I would have picked him. Um, but I don't know what the situation there with the COVID is. And obviously, he's so important to them up top. So I think if he can come back and play, I think they'll win. I think they're better than Southampton. And they've had a really good start to the season, obviously. Um, but that's the only factor. But I think oh, I think they'll get up here. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Uh, yeah, same. If if Antonio starts, he scores a couple. West Ham win three one, and I will remember to captain Antonio. Simple. Yeah, uh, West Ham will win. Antonio will start. He will score. He has scored and assisted in all three of the Premier League fixtures so far this season. So yeah, expect him to to be involved. Um, and yeah, I think West Ham will have too much for Southampton. And I'll probably. I think I've. After Newcastle, I fear for Southampton um, this week in terms of uh, who's going to get battered by more. Yeah, yeah, they're looking they're looking good. The Hammers, and uh, I think something's probably flown under the radar a bit is Pablo Fornells, who's had a great start to the season and he's um, really thriving in that Moisey system. And he also scored for Spain an international duty over the past week, so he's looking very good as well. Alrighty, let's. Move on to the next one. It's Leicester City versus Man City, a uh, very heavily suspended Man City with uh, Edison and Gabriel Jesus out. 
and they've had to re- now rely on Scotty Carson, who's going to get his second start for City in his career there. He's been there for three years, I believe, now. It's his second ever start because Zach Steffen, their backup, has COVID and he's isolating at the moment. So, Shauno, what do you think the chances are for Leicester here? Um, not great, I don't think, but I'd probably say that no matter who Man City were, were playing. I, like, mm. obviously, these couple of suspensions help, um, especially the goalkeeping situation for for Man City. But, yeah, I think probably Man City would just have probably too much for, for Leicester here. But I think Leicester... Um, yeah, might be honourable and play some play some good stuff. They're not going to approach Man City like a lot of teams do. They they won't sit in um, and and just try and defend and play on the the break as much. Like that, they'll keep the ball a lot better and try and pass their way out. Um, which yeah, which is why you'll probably see some nice football um, in this game, probably from both sides. But also why you probably see Man City um, pinch the ball in, in good areas and and score. Um, a few too many that Leicester can deal with, I think. Um, and it'll, Leicester have a lot of injuries at the back, especially in those wing-backs and centre-backs positions. So if you want to play three or five at the back in this game, it, it's going to be tough for Brendy. So I'm probably going Man City to win, um, Leicester to go down in an honourable loss. Yeah, I see that playing out uh, playing out similarly. I think this would have provided a good opportunity for for Leicester to get a win with some of the Man City suspensions, particularly with Carson and goals. That would be music to Vardy's ears. However, with Soyuncu particularly, his recent form, I just can't see him keeping oh. a clean sheet anytime this this half of the season. So I'm going to go Man City to bag a couple. Vardy might sneak one, but I think I think Man City will probably come out on top comfortably. Just, just on that Soyuncu point there, Turkey continue their great Euro form by getting smashed 6-1 by Netherlands. Depay fills his boots with a hat-trick and Soyuncu gets sent off. They were, <laughs> they were horrendous. <laughs> they yeah, were so bad. It was a little lob over the top a couple of times again. Did you oh, see that? They just can't no. work it out. <laughs> well, I, I still haven't. Those those people who tip them as a dark horse and to go deep and make a semi-final and all the rest of those crazy things that I heard, like those people still haven't come forward and said, yep, yeah, I, I butchered that. I, like, do you know what I mean? Where are those people? Jobby, I'm, I'm, take, not gonna, I'm not going to do it now. Not the public forum. They just got fucking battered by the Netherlands and Sionchu stunk the joint up. I'm not, <laughs> now is not the time for me to tell the truth. Um, but a nice segue to me. So I think if this, if Manchester United wasn't playing at the same time Ronaldo's return, this would be like the highlight of the weekend. This is a cracking game. Um, yeah. I think Leicester City's problems at the back, I think are just too much. And City are just going to, I think City are going to get a hold of me. I know Leicester City uh, like love that sort of underdog thing, and they've got I think won three of the last five against reigning champions. But I just think this come at a really bad time for Leicester with those defensive problems and the injuries. And City are uh, like they were so impressive in dismantling Arsenal. So I think they're just going to really get a hold of them this week. The in the last eleven fixtures, um, it's never finished in a draw. So someone's winning this game. That's what I like to see. Very American. Yeah, I, I um. If it was Leicester no from ties. last year, I'd probably tip them to to win, but they've looked a bit shaky start this season. So, yeah, I'd, uh, it could be a draw here, I think, potentially one or even though Sean has just given me the stat to literally say it's not going to be a draw, I'm going to go against the grain and say it, it is going to be a draw. Hope you're right. But Jamie I'm usually Vardy, from you, Sam. Yeah, I know, for a Tottenham fan. What a coward. Uh, Jamie Vardy I, I, Vardy, I feel there's definitely some shithousery incoming. It's against the big six. He loves it. He loves a goal against the big six. I believe he's got nine goals and three assists against City in his career, which is ridiculous. And uh, I think he'll be he'll be winding them all up in the back line there. All righty. 
Let's move on to the next fixture here. We've got it's Chelsea versus Aston Villa. Um, I see this only going one way. That's Chelsea with a straightforward win. Villa are missing their two best players potentially in uh, Martinez and Buendia. I think Buendia offers so much uh, for them going forward. And then Martinez is a bit of a rock for them at the back line. Do you see it the same, Josh? Yeah, I think uh, Chelsea will win this. They they need to win this, I think, for not only our predictions, but uh, if yeah, if you want to be a contender this season, you got to be winning these games. Villa have been less impressive so far, I think, than I, I maybe expected them to be. Um, and so a combination of Chelsea being very solid and Villa being fairly underwhelming, I think it'll be 3-0, 3 3-1 Chelsea, very comfortably, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No injury problems this week for Chelsea from the international break. I really can't see Villa giving much resistance here. I think Leon Bailey might be back for Villa, which is nice. Get him in there. But um, I just can't see him troubling Chelsea. They, they just haven't given me anything this year to suggest that they will. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with everyone so far. Um, interestingly, uh, Rom has scored in his last five appearances against Villa. So, obviously, it's his second stint um, in, in the Premier League. So, that'll be interesting to see if he still picks that up. Ingsy has been had a goal involvement um, in all three of his appearances for Villa so far. So, expect either one of those two to be on the score sheet Um but I think Chelsea be like Chelsea seems settled and just know what they're doing under Tuchel, and they seem to understand his system. Whereas um, because Villa have brought so many players in, they're yet to bed down um, their system and their style and their their best eleven, especially with these couple of injuries and and um, or injury clouds at least. So yeah, I think just think Villa aren't quite settled yet, but Chelsea are. Um, so yeah, I'm going to lean towards Chelsea here. Bit of an injury cloud over Big Rom. One of those massive thighs, apparently, he had a bit of a strain, so he may not feature. Does that change your thinking? No. Although I have seen Werner's finishing this week um, for Germany, so, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) Do you see the one that he scored that Havertz let go in? You know I'm lashing that home. (laughs) I'm absolutely battering that and giving the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Romout definitely changes my fantasy thinking. I think he's my captain this week, so I better, better fix that one up. Alrighty, let's move on to one of the fixtures of the week, Leeds versus Liverpool. Um, and the new third kit isn't the only crisis for Liverpool this week, Josh. We've got a Brazilian crisis as well. Yeah, well, hopefully the third kit doesn't even come into play. We can just wear the second one, just avoid that whole schmozzle. Because, um, yeah, like you said, players will have enough distractions with three usual starters out. Firmino, you would say he's definitely a starter, but I think Jota comes in comfortably. Minamino's, you know... On the bench, he can fill a spot, you know, for a sub later on in the game. I think you might see either Henderson drop into that that more DM sort of role or, or Milner feature. Um, so maybe Ox coming on, maybe a start. I don't know. There isn't enough depth with because players haven't been injured yet this early in the season for Liverpool to fill those spots. So I think Liverpool still be too strong uh, for Leeds, uh, but not as comfortably as would have been. What yeah, about? I the the Firmino. I don't think Firmino is a massive loss because I'm pretty sure he was injured already. I think well, yeah. he got injured last game. He was, he was I was surprised injured. he was even called up by Brazil because he was injured. So I think he was probably not going to start anyway. Um, Fabinho and I mean Allison's a huge loss. Obviously, you know, valuable is Fabinho's a big loss. I think as well. You saw how valuable he was in the Chelsea game. Um, I think Allison's the real key there for what potentially could undo Liverpool if anything yeah. does. 
Um, Shauno, what do you think about Dan James potentially coming in? Starting or not? Yeah, I probably not. I think Bielsa's um, style and his system's probably a little bit too much for someone to just have, you know, a couple of days of understanding the system to, to start. So I don't think he'll start, but I think he might be on the bench. I think it's a good signing for Leeds. He fits in with their style and their, their energy. Um, if there's one thing Dan James can do, um, it's run and, and you know, pr- provide a lot of pressure in that they front. They finally got so. their man. Yeah, After I think like it'll be good. Yeah. I think it suits their suits their side and it probably suits um, Dan's level a, a little bit better, especially some of the players that Manchester yeah. United brought in recently. Lingard coming back is probably in front of him. Um, you've obviously got Sancho there and then um, once Ronaldo um, starts, that sort of moves um, Greenwood and, and Rashford in various stages out a bit wider. So it's probably a good move for... Um, for the for the young guy James there, but um, I think yeah, it's obviously going to be a very energetic game. Both teams like to sort of um, yeah, crack in and and do a lot of running and a lot of pressing. Um, so yeah, expect to see a high high intensity game, which would be really good for the neutral. I think interested to see who's going to win the race to a hundred. So we've got uh, Mo Money Mo Salah on ninety nine goals in one hundred sixty one Premier League appearances. So a goal would make him the fifth fastest player to reach 100. But also, down the other end, don't worry, we've got England's new rose, Patrick Bamford. He's, um, he's on 98 goals in total, um, but this is just in the English league, so in, in, in 272 appearances. So, yeah, a double <laughs> for Paddy. shocking stat not, comparison. No, I would say not as impressive. So uh, call it the race to 100, boys. Um, yeah. that's, what that's a give me sport comparison. Oh, I've gone, oh, yeah. I've gone deep into Twitter and that's what it, all everyone's talking yeah. about. So the race to 100, I'll probably have my money on Mo though and Liverpool. Cheers. Job, want to give it an unbiased opinion? Yeah, very much unbiased opinion. So uh, how many goals has Van Dyke got in that period? Just so we get a fair comparison. <laughs> and assists. Uh, and how many times have Mo Salah been dribbled past as well? Um, no, so uh, this is, I think, again, another cracking game this week. Um, but I am concerned for Liverpool. So in, two, in 2020, with Allison in the team, they had about a 71% win percentage. Without him, it drops to like 50%. I think like Van Dyke's the the face of the Liverpool defensive solidarity, but I think um, I think Allison might be like the beating heart there. I think yeah. he's really important to what they do back there, and he he's had a couple of gaffes, but like they're quite rare, and he's made some cracking saves this year. I really think it throws out the Liverpool team not having him. I think it's really underestimated. Not talking about percent. Um, I think he will. You go. Yeah, and I think yeah. that loss, and I also I've got um, I've got big raps on Fabinho too. Um, so I think that's a huge loss as well, particularly when you're trying to defend against Leeds with that high pressing style. Like he's the guy that's really good at breaking it up and he turned around quickly to get Salah and Mane the ball. So I actually think Leeds are going to win this game based on those two absentees. Just I just think they're so they're both so critical in a game against Leeds. And I think that absence is going to – like Rafinha missing is big, but I think he's replaceable. I think those two aren't replaceable. I think we won the first two games without those – well, obviously Allison, but like without Fabinho – um, and one of them without was Firmino. Burnley and Burnley. Obviously and... not the caliber, but still like a mid mm. mid mid table team, you'd say Leeds. I yeah, think I, um, I just think the style. I think it's a style more no, than yeah. the actual teams. That's true. I think um, Allison definitely hurts the most out of all of those. I think um, I know I saw one the other day, similar sort of what do you call them, a percentage win increase statistic for Henderson, which Liverpool dropped by about fifteen percent when he doesn't start as well. So. At least he's there, hopefully. So, yeah. I don't know. Leeds are also 15th and haven't won this season. So, um, producer Pete can uh, bookmark Chew. that comment. Chop. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, like Adam is due to score. It's bound to happen. Well, like eventually they have to win. They're better than Arsenal. So I think this, I think honestly I think this will be the week, and you can hold me. You can, yeah. This can be my one truth for the week. Yeah, right. You, you say All it right. every week, and uh, soon soon enough it'll come true. Yeah. All righty. Let's let's let me move on to the last fixture here, and not as exciting, but still important. Everton versus Burnley. My only question here is: Can Michael Keane continue the gaffes? Can he make another big error leading to a goal? Yes. Jubba, what are your thoughts on it? I think he, he's got it in him. He definitely does. I just don't know if Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood have got it in him to finish it. Um, unless, Because <laughs> unless it's like Michael Keane crossing the ball into the box for him to get on the end of, I don't think they're going to have the pace to punish him as others might. No, I think I think this is probably a good game for Keane because um, like he's just going to be defending. Like He's not yeah. going to have to be doing the ball playing. So this probably suits him better because he's a big lump of a lad. So I think he'll enjoy this scrap. Um, but I, And I also am like... You can see Rafa's influence is starting to push through here at Everton. So I think it's it's going to get boring for Everton, but at the same time, it's quite exciting because they're going to start winning games and the plan's going to start coming to fruition. So I think Everton have got a handle on him here. Yeah, uh, that was my point um, on um, Keane as well. Like I think he's just going to be kicking and heading things this week, um, which he can do. So yeah, I think he'll, he'll be fine um, and he'll probably uh, relish that, that challenge to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think Damari Gray's form has been really good for Everton so far. He's got a couple of goals. DCL got three goals. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to say Everton have, have too much for Burnley and we'll get away with the, the points this week. Is Day, is um, DCL still injured? Does anyone know? Potentially. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he still is. Yeah, I think they'll be right even and without is Richarlison, him. Is Richarlison one of the band players as no, well? No, no, he's available. Oh, that's convenient. Happy days. And Sean, on your thing there, Damari Gray has been the value signing of the season. Like, absolute steal. He's yeah. been so he, impressive. He's looked 100%. so good. Yeah. I yeah, think, pound uh, pound, I think um, he's been much better than Neymar. Yeah. <laughs> ah, 100%. I <laughs> think Everton win this pound. one. Uh, I think as long as the um, those balls that uh, Keane will be kicking and heading aren't outside a meter of his body position, he'll he'll be all right covering them. Otherwise, he might throw <laughs> yeah. his own feet. But... Uh, this could also, because of that and the way Burnley sort of attack, their forwards could be another fairly hilarious one to watch at times, I think. But we'll have to wait and see. I think um, Rafa's instructions to Keane this week will be, if it moves, kick it. Simple. Safety first, Very mate. simple. Yep. Oh, Josh, I'm a bit disappointed in how little amount of digs you got in at Ashley Barnes, but we're going to have to move on before you Yeah, can. i got to cool off. So we're... We've got to go straight away now to Throwback FC, so I'll hand it over to you, Job. Yep, here we are, boys. So, um, Shauno, I think we need to play that sound, don't we? Yeah, beautiful. Um, Every time it gets me. It makes me quite emotional. More and more Um, dramatic every week. You boys know I love the romance of football. So this week is a tribute to one of the greats, and I'll let you figure out who it is. So it's the 2008 Champions League final. So, of course, 2008 was famous for Malta and Cyprus officially adopting the Euro, but it was also the year that we had two English clubs in the Champions League final. So Manchester United played Chelsea. So this is famous for a number of reasons, but boys – I'll throw out the challenge to you. How many can you name from both teams? Okay, so this is John Terry slipping, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I, so should we start with me and you? That'll be easy. Sure. So yeah, let's go it, me it went you. to it went to Pans, I remember, and Van der Sar was in goal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, he was. Take Van der Sar job. Yep, correct. 
Nice one. So uh, this would have been Ferdinand and Vidic, surely. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll, Ferdinand for sure. We'll take a double with them, Job. So that's Anton Ferdinand or Rio? <laughs> we'll go Rio. <laughs> go Rio this time and Vidic as well. Yeah. So yeah. that dynamic duo are both in. Good clarification. Right. Um, <laughs> you know that. that I Is love this r- game. So we'll go with oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Evra. Yeah, Patrice. People champion Patrice Evra. Is it? Yeah. Old raw chicken boy Evra. <laughs> Is Ronaldo still there? Yeah, Ronnie was there. Yeah, he missed Ronnie was there for sure. Yeah, yeah, Ronaldo. Lock it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cristiano. Yeah, you better yeah. believe he was there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> no. Is this why it's a tribute? Is he <laughs> the great that you were making the tribute he to? He is the great. That's that's the secret that's been unravelled there. Mm. Um, well so done. tough. So mm. is Rooney surely as well? Yeah, Waza. Big Waza. Waza. Tick. This is easy. All right. What about um, Tevez? He was there then. Yeah, do we want to go to the Chelsea side and just bag a few? few yeah, I get a few easy Lamps ones. and Terry. Lamps, yeah, Lampard, Terry. Correct. Yeah, correct nice. Correct. All right, uh, checking goals. Yeah, checking goals. Sam, yep. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Pitching that, goals. How many is that job? That's got to be 12. <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. I think eight, you're sitting eight at... Eight or nine? Uh, one, two, three. Eight. Eight, all right. What about the draw? Uh, Drogba... Ooh. Yeah, who else would it? I'm trying to think. Oh, Anelka maybe up front? Or Torres? No, Torres is nah, still nah, Torres was there maybe. until about 2010, 2011. We'll go Drogba. Remember that. Go Drogba. Yeah, yeah. Drogba, yeah. Correct. Yeah, nice. Uh, uh, who else in that Chelsea team? Do we what? still think like a uh, Basingwa at left back? Basingwa at right back? Right or, back? Mm. Basingwa. Yeah, Basingwa is probably most like oh, Ashley Cole, surely at left back. Oh, yeah, Cole. He's a, he's a Cole, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley Cole is correct. He's featured in every single one of these games bar one, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a tribute to him. What a Man, player. Only, he only plays big games. Yeah. All right, boys, we only need one more here. It's been a fairly <laughs> what, clean sweep. What about the um, midfielder Ramirez uh, for Chelsea, right? He was Brazilian. Like he's a, yeah, I think he might have been a bit later, but I'm not against it. Barn, what do you reckon, Barn? I think I tend to agree. Joshy might be a little bit later. So I think he would sit next to Lampard. This team. But don't worry about where they sit, where they play. What about what about Michael Essien? What about, maybe? Yeah, Essien. I'd I'd probably prefer to go with. What do you think, Shawno? Okay, we'll go. We got some in the tank. We might as well go. Essien. Yeah. Michael Essien. Game over, bitches. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it. the boy. Yeah. Hey. So that was that was just to get the confidence back for you lot. So um, <laughs> sure it was, man. Three three. So congratulations! No, three two, I believe. Um, no, it's three three. So not in, not in my truth. Um, <laughs> so Manchester United, we had Edwin Van der Sar, of course, very big in the penalty shootout. Wes Brown featured. Wes, big Wes. Brown. Oh, Jesus. Vidic, Patrice Evra, so three locks there. Owen yep. Hargraves was fit Owen. for once. Wow, first time in his thought? career. Yeah, first time. Yeah, the, the Canadian, German, English guy. Yeah. I feel like he might have gone off injured, to be honest, which wouldn't surprise me. Paul Skulls was in Skulls there. Skullsy, yeah. Obviously, nah, Michael yeah. Carrick possibly as well. Michael Carrick was in there, Sam. Mm. Carlos Tevez was the other one you're missing with Ronaldo Rooney. Sure, so then Chelsea, had we had uh, Petr Cech, Michael Essien, Ricardo Carvalho, oh, yeah. John Terry, Ashley Cole, uh, followed by Cloud McAuley, Frank Lampard, oh, Joe McAuley. Cole, Didier Joey. Drogba. Nice. Yeah, big Joe. Didier yep. Drogba and Florent Maluda. Oh, strong squads. There we go. Now we've done yeah. well there, boys. Yeah. Done well. Yeah. Very strong squads. I don't know how that went to penalty. Look at like, that's a, that is some serious forward play in there. 
was the score? You're looking at two ridiculously good two, back two, lines two, as well, nil, nil, and or? keepers. I think it was nil all, wasn't it? Went to Pens and Manchester United smacked them. Yawn. That's unbelievable. Terry yeah. slipped. Sure. Terry smacked it against the post. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. So let's move on to our multi. So I'm just going to quickly look at my uh, documentation here. So pretty simple one this week. We're going head to head. So we've got Tottenham Hotspurs to beat Crystal Palace. Tick. We've got um, Manchester City to beat Leicester City. Dollar fifty-seven. Ooh, tick. Manchester United to beat Newcastle United Ooh. and Cristiano Ronaldo to score. Ooh. That's, oh, that's, that's a that's yeah, a yeah, that's push it. So that'll that only get you about a dollar fifty. Um, I was gonna say the United to win was like a dollar fourteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so low. Uh Brucey Brucey's a double agent, eh? Tickle his belly, he'll lay down. <laughs> yeah. So then we've got West Ham to win. So that'll get you two dollars forty. And then Chelsea to bring it home for us. So that ten dollar redos will get you one hundred and five dollars and sixty cents. Take it. That's yeah, good. Cash money. Yeah. Cash money. So like lock in there. So um, my only concern is Ronaldo might score more than once. So we've just or not money play, walk lost out money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get refunds on not play. That's fine. All right, boys. That'll do us. Where do they catch us, Job? Well, they can catch us in the same place that I hang out. So Instagram, uh, football played on pods, Facebook at football played on paper, Twitter at football on pods. And I am actually doing some work in Twitter right now to lift the profile of us. Um, if you want to email us, it's uh, football played on paper at gmail.com. All right, boys. Enjoy the football. Glad it's back. And let's hope that multi comes in. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. <laughs> <laughs>